Good morning, men. Welcome back to the show. I am glad to have you here. I hope once again, it is my prayer for you as always that God is challenging you and is causing you to step out of your comfort zone, giving you the strength through his grace and through his will to be the man that he has called you to be. As And together, we can be the men that he has called us to be. Man, it's been a great week. A lot of great things happened this past week. Uh, I know personally for myself and some friends of mine, it has been uh, a pretty awesome week. We are, uh, man, I don't know. Just good things are happening. Uh, and we give all the glory and thanks to God for that. Sorry, my mic's being a little crazy here, so I'm trying to get it adjusted. So anyway, now that we've uh, hopefully got some of this mic issue figured out, I'll get started. Men, like I said, my prayer for you always is that God is challenging you and putting that burning fire in your heart and in your soul to follow Jesus uh, with a passion that makes you bold, not because oh, we are prideful or conceited, but because that is who God created us to be in his image. Like I said, there's been a lot of great things happening this week in my life personally, and I give all the glory and thanks to God because without him, it would definitely not be happening. Uh, last week we talked about battling culture and uh, being the sword allowing ourselves to be the sword that God's God wields in order to glorify the kingdom of heaven and the church, which again, the church is you and I, man, we are the leaders. We are the beginning, uh, on earth of being the priest and the disciples of Jesus Christ. And, how he leads us is how we submit to him and how we give ourselves to him. And when we do that, we can be the sword that he has and will use in this battle against evil we're facing here on this earth that we've been facing since God sent Satan to the earth. So with that being said, you know, uh, how do we start in this battling culture? How do we start to be the sword that God is wielding? You know, and, and I look at it like this, that, you know, we have to take a stand in our homes first. Uh, you know, we go through some things following God uh, and being loyal to God and believing where you're at in his will, whether that be being successful and, and giving all the credit to him or being in a place where you're not sure what direction he has you going in. Uh, I've shared on this show before that, you know, I've had to take that place uh, right now. And that place is to just be quiet, sit still. 
listen, watch, and learn how God is working in my life. And when we're doing that and when we're following where God has us and trusting where he has us, Satan's going to attack us, man. Because when we start being obedient to God, that makes us powerful. And when we become powerful, Satan gets scared. So he's going to use all his tools and tricks to um, come at us. But through our faith and through our confidence in who and who God is and what he wants us to do and be unwavering in that, he gives us strength to overcome it. He gives us strength to fight Satan, right? So uh, I know in my life that I'm in that position right now to where God has me being still, being patient, being trustworthy in him first and foremost. Uh, The attacks are coming, and when they come, they will come from some of the most uh, personal and the relationships we value most, he will use those to attack us. And that could be your wife, that could be your children, that could be your pastor, that could be whoever that he chooses to use in a single moment to test you, to uh, put you through his vices to see if it's real or if it's just something you're saying. If it's coming from the heart, or is it just something to make you look good? Or just something you're saying to make yourself feel better? Uh, for me, it's uh, truly uh, been a test of, you know what? I am in the right place. I am doing what God wants me to do. Uh, you know, I went through all those thoughts myself in my head that, hey, you know, uh, I've never, I've never been without a job i've never been in a place where i have to trust someone else it's always been a trust in myself that hey i can go do this hey i can go do that you know i can make it work i can do this but the last year and a half almost two years has shown me that god's telling me you got to trust me first you know you have to put all your trust in me you know, and Satan still attacks me at times. He's still attacking me with doing this show and what I'm going to say. And, you know, I pray every day before I do this show, I pray that these are God's words, not my words, that they touch your heart because he is in them, not because I am in them. You know, at first I thought, oh, it'd be cool to be a podcaster, you know, hey, get out here and talk and people hear my voice and, you know, and he showed me, hey, this is not what I wanted you to do this for. For whatever reason, he has given me a voice that, like I said before, is simple. You know, seeing his word for what it is and who it is. And, you know, it's not as elegant as some of the other shows that have ministries behind them that are, you know, have a lot of technical guys to make it look pretty and polished. And, you know, my show's real. I'm not I'm not a preacher. You know, I don't have the biblical knowledge that some of the guys that are out there that have their place and have their purpose, and God has put them there for that reason. I'm thankful that they do because I do learn from them a lot. 
and I am thankful, but that's not where he has me right now. He has me to use my voice in a simple manner to affect those people that he has chosen for this time and that listen to this podcast. Uh, you know, so I'm just walking in his will, not my own, because this is not uh, really in my wheelhouse, I guess you would say. But God said, hey, I want you to do this. And he put it in my heart and it wouldn't go away. So I figured I better do it. Oh, right. You know, if I'm following God and I'm truly being a man of God, then uh, I just have to take that step. You know, like anybody in the Bible who's ever trusted God, Abraham, right? Hey, I need you to leave your house. I know you're old, but trust me, right? So he did it. Hey, I'm going to give you a son. And then when I give you that son, I'm going to tell you, go up on the mountain and sacrifice him, right? And it comes down to our faith and our trust in God and who he is. You know, so as we get back on the subject of, of battling this culture that we live in now, since men have been quiet and since our society all around the world is attacking men and who God created us to be, the masculine man, the one who stands up, the one who corrects, and the one who says, no, this is wrong. You know, Jesus did it in his day. Jesus attacked the politicians. Jesus attacked the religious people that were not following what the father gave them had corrupted it to the point to where they were using it for their benefit and not for the glory of God. Men, the call of men is that we don't listen to that nonsense. We don't listen to that false doctrine and we use what Jesus has put in our heart to protect the people of this country of this world god's creation we are the shepherds jesus is the shepherd but we are his as disciples of jesus we are the hands and feet as he tells us we are we are the ones that are go out to stand up and defeat this stuff and if we are in god's will he will give us the power the words and the direction that he wants us to go in order to accomplish his task you know, where does that start? You know, this, like I said before, this starts in our homes and we, you want to be, get better at knowing the word and teaching the word of God. Then it starts in our homes with our children's or our wives, right? I mean, it's, we teach his word and the wisdom of God to build up the next generation of men the next generation who will stand up and boldly proclaim the truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's where it starts. And as we, and if you want to learn how to speak more of that, start teaching your kids. It doesn't matter. Your wife leading, you know, uh, it's a safe environment. I mean, you may get some criticism, but at the end, your family's the one who here on this earth gives you that opportunity to fail and that love and support to help build you up, to help grow you. I know it has been the case. The majority in my marriage now, in my relationship with my children, that 
yeah, I'm not the best dad. I'm not the best husband. I'm not the best friend, as any of my friends will tell you. But I do love them, and they give me that opportunity to fail uh, and get back up. They don't judge me. They love me, right? So uh, it starts in our homes and our relationships that we build, the ones that are closest to us. You know, teaching our children God's word uh, just equips them to better handle all the craziness that's in the world and know the truth of what's going on, right? Uh, You know, we don't, when we do this, we don't breed bullies because we teach them humility. We teach them that giving is better than receiving and that they understand that when, uh, Bullies are attacking you when they're coming at you. They can see the truth of the matter is that that's just something that hole they're trying to fill that only God can fill. And they understand not to take it personal, that it's not a personal attack on them. It's an inadequacy within themselves that they see as a strength in you. So take it as a compliment when a bully comes at you that there is something in that God has given you and put inside your heart that that person wants. And because they don't know how to get it, they attack you for it. And that's and that's not just at school. I mean, you look at our politics, you look at all of this. It's, it's about power. But the one thing that people don't understand the politicians don't understand about power is the key to having power is to be powerless is to give other people power. And if you give that opportunity for people to have the power and people to make the decisions in their lives that deep down they will see will benefit others more so than themselves I mean, what more could we ask to do, right? I mean, you you look at the past, what, two and a half years, three years? You know, in our, well, actually longer than that. You go back to, you know, it goes back to, man, I don't know, as far back as history. You know, if I'm thinking about it right now and I'm looking at it, you know, God even told us what the kings would do when Israel wanted the wanted a king so they could look like everybody else. And God's like, no, because it's not going to be good because they're going to take all your stuff. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Let me lead you. And they were too scared. Not a healthy fear of God, but a scared fear of God. Uh, so we've been in the same situation since Israel asked for that, right? You know, we need a king, well, or a president, right? I I would much more rather have God running this country than, you know, the man that uh, is standing up there right now. Uh, that's a different topic, a different time. But it, it all comes back to how do we battle it? And we have to start standing up as men to say, you know what, that's not going to work. When it comes to government, when it comes to false religion, when it comes to the word of God not being spoken in a way that honors and glorifies the kingdom of heaven. As men, it is our job and our responsibility to correct that. And we have the tool to do that. It's called the Bible. And if we are in the Bible and learning the Bible 
and helping our kids, our families to learn and know the Bible and understand it and understand who God is and who he has been since he created us. He was before us, right? Uh, you know, I, I, I see, you know, we talked about uh, standing up for God, right? And, and God being on TV with during the Super Bowl in that uh, he gets us commercials, right? And, you know, I hear a lot of the, some of the people say, well, you know, it's too simple and that's not what it's about. And, well, why isn't it? Why isn't it about that? Because I think we have been too uh, conditioned in our society of to what we think uh, church should look like, what Christians should look like. What do Christians look like? We look like a bunch of sinners, a bunch of hypocrites. Hypocrites that, you know, are out here saying, oh, you know, I'm great. I'm this because, you know, I have the Lord or the Lord did this for me or the Lord. Well, that's part of it. Yeah. But what have you done for the Lord? It's not all about what he can do for you. It's about what you can do for him. How are you expanding the kingdom of heaven? How are you glorifying the kingdom of heaven by your actions? The church and Jesus died on that cross so that, yes, we could we could have that security in our in our justification and being saved that we don't have to burn in hell for eternity. He did that for us, but not so that we could go out and think we were better than others or that we have something that other people don't. Although we do, but we have to share that with other people. That is the main goal is for us to bring more people to Christ to fill heaven with more souls to glorify God the Father because of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit that he gives gives us to do so. You know, so I don't I don't believe that the criticism of some of these um, people that are either on the internet or that have been 20, 30 years in the ministry are seeing it clearly. We have to take ourselves out of that picture to criticize what someone else is doing in the name of Jesus. So far, what I've seen is there is nothing that has gone against what Jesus is or who he is. Right? I mean, they haven't said anything that's not true about Jesus. Who gets us more than Jesus? Nobody, right? He lived our life. And he lived the worst of our lives. In the end, right? I mean, he died on the cross because we're miserable, failed creations of his because we decided to want to be as smart as God, which we will never be, which we can never be. We never in this life will have the total understanding of who God is. You know, I mean, look at Solomon, probably one of the greatest leaders, the wisest men ever. Read the book of Ecclesiastes, right? Ecclesiastics. You know, I mean, he went from that, but he was his 
his vision lost of where his wisdom came from. It wasn't because of him. It was because God gave him that wisdom, answered his request, but then he put his trust in that wisdom, in his own wisdom. He turned it back on himself and got away from God. And then he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, right? So, I mean, if you read that book until the end, it's pretty pretty down, pretty bad spot. That's what happens when you believe in you instead of believing in Jesus. And that's where he was. So if we're criticizing this uh, movement to bring the name of Jesus Christ into the homes of everyone, are we missing the point? Are we too self-centered and looking at ourselves and what it means for us? And yes, we may be more understanding that, yeah, it's about a relationship with Jesus. It's not about just the fact that Jesus gets us, which he does. But if you're a person who is without faith or you're a person who has been exposed to some of the things that this world can throw at you and you have no hope is it wrong to say to put an advertisement out there to use every tool that god has allowed us to create in order to spread the gospel no jesus will use the smallest opening all we all we are here to do is plant that seed of who Jesus Christ is, his love for us, and what he did for us. That is it. And if it's just talking about, hey, we have someone who understands our struggles. If we're presenting Jesus in that manner, is that not who Jesus was? Is that not the reason he was placed on this earth? To show us that we have a God that loves us enough to manifest himself in our flesh to put himself in a place beneath who he truly is and suffer unimaginable pains at the end just so he could have a relationship with us. If that's the start of getting somebody to want to read and lo learn and grow more in Christ, then he, then the, he gets us movement is right on point. It's right where it needs to be in an introduction to a society who is lost. So bravo to those and those people who are criticizing it. You probably need to step back from yourself and take a look back and understand at one point, that could have been a great message for you and take it that if Jesus is truly in it, no matter what his creation started as, whether it was to make money or whatever its original intent, Jesus will use it for what he needs it to be used for. And he will direct it in a way that only he can. And I think that's where we get wrong. We start putting our trust in ourselves instead of putting it in the Holy Spirit and the power of Jesus Christ. The Father has given it to him. And he has given it to us through the Holy Spirit. So as long as it doesn't 
go against or violate what God's word says and it is staying true to who Jesus is and how we are supposed to treat others and how we are supposed to see others and how we are supposed to live our lives. More power to them. If you don't like it, start your own, right? The more Jesus' name is out there, the better this world would be. And men, that's our call, right? To spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if you know some friends who are in the entertainment business or can do a commercial and you think that there's a bigger message to be presented, then do it. Step out. If that's your calling, if that's what God puts on your heart, then don't criticize somebody who is promoting the name of Jesus Christ in a light that is who Jesus was. So get over yourselves. Listen to the message. It, no matter how simple it is, that's fine because Jesus wants everyone to understand who he is. And if this is the stopping block for those who don't know him, because we as men are not speaking up like we should into the lives of everybody we meet, then this is an avenue that glorifies Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's nothing that I've seen so far that violates or says anything against who Jesus Christ is. That's just my stance on that. You know, there's all kinds of different, you know, um, methods, you know, like, uh, one of the, one of my friends that we're in, uh, one of my brothers that we're in the, uh, Bible group with is talking about praise and worship. And he says, praise and worship is the meat and potatoes of church. When we go to church on Sundays, that praise and worship is the meat and potatoes. The whole reason we're there. It gives us the put, and that's where we honor and glorify God in our hearts and our minds, you know. And then the message is the dessert. It's the, I don't know if you call it a dessert, but it's the way he put it, which I can see where he's coming from, and I understand that. But as Christians, it's not for me to disagree with him. He is not saying anything that is not biblical, right? And everybody, we're all God's creations, but he created each one of us different, and each one of us has a purpose, and that's fine, right? I mean, if you want to, if you're in church, we shouldn't care what the people in the building are looking at us and thinking about. The church is built for us to go and praise and worship God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if that Holy Spirit is in us and causes us to dance around the whole building, throw your arms up, right? As long as it's honoring God. I mean, Second Samuel, uh, what is it, 6? Well, I've lost it, but I'm trying to find it. Hold on, 2 Samuel 6. Second on six, fourteen through twenty-two. It's talking about David dancing before the Lord, right? I mean, his wife looked at him after he got through doing it and was like, You're crazy. They're gonna think you're disgusting. You're gonna do this. And he was like, I was dancing before the Lord. I was honoring and worshiping God. And I mean 
he was the leader of Israel dancing in a priestly robe, it says, right? Or a, police, a, a priestly garment. So, not sure what that looked like back in the day. I haven't done my research on that, but <clears throat> obviously by his wife's, um, Saul's daughter, uh, her reaction to it, uh, he was pretty close to naked, and, you know, to see what uh, we nowadays can see as, I guess you, public indecency, right? He didn't care, and God didn't care because he was doing it for God. And he was, there was no malintent. There was nothing followed behind it. That's our sinful nature. When we see stuff that is pure and godly, we want to, that's Satan entering into our mind saying, oh, you, how are you going to do that? That's da, 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 da. Well, you're missing the point. You know, what we should be looking for is where was God in this? Who is this person? Where did this come from, from this person? Right? And David trusted the lord david never stopped believing and trusting in in god you know and how do we how do we judge others we're not supposed to judge others that's god's job now if it's doctrinally incorrect if it's blatantly going against God's word, then yes, that's when we're supposed to step in and recorrect and rebuke and lead them back to the right place. That a false doctrine is being taught, that's when we stand up. But we do not understand the ways of God. We never will. He is beyond us. His ways are not our ways. His ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're higher than our thoughts. You know? God will use the faith, like he says in Matthew 17, 20 through 21, the faith, the faith of a mustard seed will move a mountain, right? So how do we argue with that? Do we trust? We're not to condemn other, I guess you could say religions now, right? We're not supposed to condemn. If they want to get up and dance, you know, and and they speak in tongues in their church, if the Holy Spirit comes upon that church and that's the thing that God has provided for that church in order to show them the Holy Spirit or that's how the Holy Spirit works through them because he knows that that's where he can do the most good for those people, his creation. He knows them better than we do. So why are you judging them? Why are we judging them? You know, you see somebody holding up their hands, praising and worshiping in church, and you look at them like, man. No, you should be saying, boy, the spirit is moving in that person. You know, I don't know. You know, as humans, we're failed. We make mistakes, and a lot of people do it for show. But that's not for us to determine. All we can do is give thanks to God that he is moving in that person's life enough for them to stick their hands up and that they are bold enough to show that, hey, I love God. I love Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit causing their hands to lift and worship. And it's not to be embarrassed. Who cares what anybody else thinks? You're not there to impress those people. You are there to praise 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity of God. And that's it. And we're too worried about, mm, what's this person? I don't care what people are going to say anymore. I'm done with that, right? We should be over that. And speaking in the name of, of Jesus boldly and proudly in every situation and every opportunity that presents itself, whether it be holding your hands up in church, dancing around, if the Spirit leads you to it, it's not going to be wrong. And he's only going to bring good out of it. It may come with some criticism, with some trials. That's okay. If our faith is where it needs to be, that's just making us stronger and better warriors and a sharper edge for the sword that God's going to wield on those who look down on people who hold their hands up and pray and truly praise and worship in church. Church should be a place just like the Pentecost when they were all speaking in different languages that none of them knew prior to that. Right? I mean, it should be a place where the Holy Spirit moves greatly in. And whether it be speaking in tongues or whether it be dancing or whether, you know, I don't know how God uses it for people, but he, they're his creation and nobody knows them better than him. So if that's how he chooses to use them to worship or that's how he chooses to provide the Holy Spirit in and through them for you to see it. You know, I told the guys at the Bible study, I said, well, you know, we should be looking like the guys as Christians, as men, we should be looking like the guys we used to criticize or you see in the movies holding on, oh, it's the end of the world, right? You know, we're like, oh, those people are crazy. Really? I don't think they're as crazy now as what they seem then. I know for me, it was a fact that I didn't really know God. I didn't have that relationship with Jesus Christ to see that they were way ahead of their times. I'm not saying they were actual prophets. Some of them might have been a little off. Some of them might have been crazy or possessed. I don't know. But what I do know is I see it now, and if somebody's holding up that sign now, we, we don't necessarily mark them off as crazy because we've been living in the time of Jesus' return since they hung him on the cross. Doesn't matter 2,000, 3,000, 10,000 years from now. We're still living in that time, and the signs are here. You know, I'm not a big understander of the prophecy and all the things it says in Revelations. I'm, I, until God puts it on my heart that that's what he wants me to talk about, I, Todd ain't going close to that because I don't understand it, and I, I'm not going to deceive anybody. But what I do know and what I do believe is that Jesus Christ is coming back. And I believe that he will use his people to worship him and to praise him. And he will put the Holy Spirit on them. And whatever that action is that comes from that, it's not for me to judge. As long as it is staying in the line and the truth of God, who we know God is at now through our relationship with him, then that is what the Holy Spirit moves, right? I mean, it all comes back to us. Only thing I can affect in this world is me. My relationship with God, his purpose for my life, and understanding or 
believe and asking for his direction in everything that I do and staying on course with his word and his direction. As long as I'm staying true to his word and preaching his gospel to those that he places in front of me, then I will continue to do what I do and everything else will take care of itself because I am doing the will of God. I am following what God wants me to do. And through that, as long as I do that, everything else will work itself out because that's his promise to us. It may not look like we want it to look, but it doesn't mean if we take a look back after it's said and done that it didn't work out like we wanted it to. The result was the same. It just took us a different route to get there than how we thought it would look. You know, so whether you believe praise and worship is the most part or the meat and potatoes of a uh, of going to church or you believe the sermon is the meat and potatoes, it, it, it's fine. Whatever you feel, as long as you're honoring God in both of those if the sermon is the meat and potatoes and you take it and you learn and it builds that relationship with the father through the, the son and through the Holy Spirit, then you're not wrong. Right? I mean, as long as we are staying true to God's word and who God is and who he wants us to be and doing what Jesus says and God and letting the Holy Spirit guide us in that by reading the Bible, practicing it, praying for the Holy Spirit to give us the words that impact the people that he has put in front of us. If we'll, as long as we are being obedient and following God's will or what we believe is God's will through being in his word, learning, continuing to get better and grow closer to him, then we are not wrong and neither is anybody else. So no matter how simple it may seem to a more mature Christian that somebody is doing something that mm, that's kind of weak. Well, really? What are you doing? Are you stepping out of the box? They're swinging for the fences in what God has put on their heart. Because what I've seen from it or what I've seen is that big or small God's going to use it for what he's going to use it for. And what we may think is small because we're more mature in our relationship with Christ is that when God gets in it, it don't matter where it starts, but it's going to finish big because that's what his purpose for it was. You know, I know it's, you know, you swing for the fences, right? And hope you hit a home run. But all of us started somewhere. And the only reason people, I think, are critical of new movements of God is because it don't fit into their picture of what things look like. Well, God don't fit our picture. We fit his. So when, how do we battle this culture? Well, it starts with understanding. It starts with being obedient to God, learning his word, growing in his word day by day being obedient and part of i mean jesus was understanding to everybody jesus understood each and every person because we were his right but he didn't treat anybody 
like they were less than he was, even though he is the king of kings. So as we look at certain things in this life that may not fit our picture of what Christianity is or should look like, well, we have to first take ourselves out of that. We have to take ourselves out and look at it. How is this glorifying God? How is this glorifying Jesus? And how is the Holy Spirit working in this? And that is the only lenses that we should be focusing on. Our personal opinions, like I've said it before, do not matter. As long as it is honoring God, staying true to his word, and how he He will use it how he sees fit. And we do not know better than him, and we are no better than him. Never have been and never will be. We are an image of him. So in that, we have to take his word and trust in his actions and see where he's at and how he wants us to move and take that step. And once we take that step and moving in that direction, whether it's dancing in the, in the aisles of the pews at the church, out on the street holding up a sign saying the end of the world is coming, we should be running for and with God with our hair on fire, with a fire in our hearts and a passion in our minds, men, that this is what we were created to do. We are the disciples of Jesus Christ because we know and understand that if it weren't for him, we would have no hope. We would have no future. So don't criticize those that are out there saying something or doing something different or in a way that doesn't fit into your perfect little picture of what you think Jesus Christ should look like. Read his word. Know what he looks like and find him and what they're doing. And if they're not, then that's when we correct. Hey, you're a little off here. Maybe we can go this direction. But help them to be more like Jesus, not criticize them for where they misunderstood or didn't understand exactly what the principle was. That's how Jesus Jesus told them, I am, right? They didn't understand. He didn't criticize. He helped them to grow and to see that he was the I am. So, men, this week, uh, you know, take this word and don't be critical. Be supportive. Find Jesus in everything that you think. What is when you see something, you need to ask yourself, is this my picture or Jesus's picture? And you'll mo- I think most of the time you'll realize that it is not Jesus's picture because Jesus's picture looks so much different than ours. Take ourselves out of it and put Jesus in it so that we can battle and fight the good fight in our time on this earth that we have to glorify the kingdom of heaven. Like I said, man, uh, this show is not, uh, this is not anything for uh, monetization purposes or anything for money. It's not greed. I mean, this is something, like I said, that God has put on my heart. Um, 
I have started uh, blogging a little bit. Uh, so I do, if you, I don't know how to ask. I'm not good at, uh, asking for things, but go to www.thecallofmen.com, um, and check out a couple of my blogs, subscribe. Uh, if you subscribe to the podcast, it'd be great just to know that there, God's going to, I'm going to keep doing it whether 10 of you listen or two of you listen. I don't care. Or whether 20,000 of you listen, doesn't matter. It's not for me as much as that part seeps in. It's not about me. It's about God. And, um, you know, we have a Facebook, fake Facebook page, the call of men, Facebook page, uh, also on Twitter at the call of men, uh, trying to get better at posting more on those sites, as I learn about all this stuff, but it is a tool that God has put before us. So I will, uh, try to, uh, increase the, uh, content, I guess you would say that's out there. But, uh, if you could go and support those just by subscribing or liking them or leaving a comment or whatever, that'd be great. Uh, if you have any, questions concerns or whatever uh you can email the call of men's show at gmail.com uh that comes straight to me i'm the only one on it so uh be great to hear from you if you what you like what you dislike uh just trying to get better and 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 to serve more people that is my whole mission so men as you do what you do this week answer the call of men